0: Hello, everyone, and welcome in to the GPS show. It's the first show of 2021, along with Scott Pirac. I'm Gabe Gottesman here, as always. And we have a very, very exciting show today. It is the most wonderful time of the year. The NFL playoffs are just around the corner. We've been waiting all year for it, Scott, through COVID, through everything. I didn't really think we would get here, but we finally got our prediction show today. It's going to be
1: very exciting. Are you ready for the playoffs? Yeah, I'm, I'm also surprised that they were able to do all 256 games. Um, that may be one of the NFL's biggest accomplishments we've seen. But Gabe, I do have one quick question for you before we get into the power rankings. Just a yes or no. That Eagles football team game, do you think the Eagles were blowing it on purpose? Yeah, I mean, of they, course they were. He claims no- they weren't, but I agree with you. I, you can't put in Nate Sudfeld and not have Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz on the bench. There's no way he wasn't doing it. I mean,
0: I don't even think it, it's three draft picks. I don't, they're not going to get a QB. I'm not really sure why it matters. And it's also, I feel like you're an NFL team. You're getting paid millions of dollars to entertain people. You should always, if you're on the field and you're coaching, you should never tank that blatantly. Also, one more thing I want to say. It was such an exciting week for sports week 17 in the NFL is more fun than ever. Now with the extra playoff team and one less bye. but the college football playoff, Scott, can you explain to me one thing? How is Notre Dame continuing to get into the playoff? If you, I saw on ESPN, the last like nine times they've been in a new Year's six bowl, they've lost by at least two touchdowns. They're the biggest frauds in all of college football and all of sports, in my opinion. I don't know how they keep on doing it, but, um, I'm glad. I was kind of glad they made it. Cause I knew Alabama would, um, would hand them a huge loss. and Yeah,
1: I, I, I was, I actually was hoping that it would be, um, Texas A&M. They had that really convincing win in the Capital One Orange Bowl, but, um, yeah, Alabama. I actually have them winning the whole thing. I just think they have, I think they have three of the top ten players in college football. You could almost yeah. say, looking with their defense and offense, they are
0: very, very good. I mean. Ohio State, I like the way they're playing, but I don't think they they really stand a chance. All right, so for the last time this year, probably, we're going to be doing our power rankings. We do them every week um, at the beginning of the week, just to give you a glimpse of what we think are the top Super Bowl contending teams, and this is our last chance before we do our official last playoff predictions, Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. We do it every year. It's fun to keep track of it, and... Let's start, Scott, right out with my number five team. It's the Seattle Seahawks. There's a lot of teams that are kind of hovering around the four and five mark that I could have put in. I left out teams. Actually, I won't say yet because I want to save um, who my, my teams are up top. But I like the Seahawks because of their defense, actually. Their offense has struggled lately, not putting up a lot of points. But in the past um, half of the season, really, with Jamal Adams back, Uh, It's very likely that he's going to be able to play this Saturday, even though he got hurt against the 49ers. I really like the Seahawks defense, how they're playing. Their secondary people forget Shaquille Griffin. He was injured for um, that stretch where they were just looking terrible on the defensive back end. He's back. Um, Jamal Adams was back. Jaron Reed. um, He got injured too. We'll see um, if he's healthy, but he um, came back as well. And then Carlos Dunlap, just the pass rush improved uh, along with, more um, help in the secondary so although the Seahawks defense still isn't top tier in my opinion injuries definitely plagued them early I think people gave them um, too hard of a time including us but they are looking very good going into the playoffs they are winners of four straight including into the Rams and the the, the football team who are also in the playoffs so looking impressive they have not given up more than 23 points all the way back since uh, they played the Bills which was in the first half of like around the halfway mark of the season. So pretty exciting to be a Seahawks fan. Hopefully they did well in the playoffs. We'll see. Who's your number five team, Scott?
1: Um, For me, this is kind of a toss up. I actually have two teams here. I just couldn't decide. Um, The first of those two is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I just think that their offense has hit their stride. Um, Tom Brady, these past few weeks, he had four touchdowns in the first half against the Lions and then got benched. He had four touchdowns again this week, and Antonio Brown has finally found his spark. Business is officially booming, Gabe. Um, and then my other team, and I think the Bucs are a sneaky playoff team. I think they could go farther than people expect. My other one is the Colts, um, a team like number four. No, they're five. They're kind of oh. tied. Um, the Colts, I just think with Jonathan Taylor, you know I've been on the hype train on him all year, even when he almost got benched. Had a thousand yard season, set rookie records for the Colts. Um, with that offensive line, I think they can be dangerous. And with that solid defense. But at number four, I do have the best rushing attack in the NFL. That is the Tennessee Titans. Derrick Henry had 2070, or sorry, 2,027 yards on the year. Um, I just think as long as his legs keep churning, they're going to have a really good shot at winning some games. I'm gonna
0: correct you there because I my number four team, I have the best rushing attack in the NFL, the Baltimore Ravens. Oh actually and they the play each other.
1: Team. So there we go.
0: This is gonna be uh, that's gonna be a great game to watch. the reason why I had the Ravens number four and I said in our last show that I think they have a great chance to make the Super Bowl, it's because Lamar Jackson these past couple of weeks have been has been playing out of his mind and it's kind of it's it's not really flown under the radar because everyone is saying that they're so underrated going into the playoffs, but really I've been saying the Ravens are a Super Bowl contender even before they're playing the Browns. Uh, Lamar Jackson only had 113 passing yards, but it's almost like that doesn't even matter anymore. That argument is so old that, like, it it's almost, it almost makes no sense to say that. Oh, he he only had 18 passing attempts. Who cares if you have?
1: 404, the they had 404 rushing yards this past week. It,
0: yeah, over 400 yards. They're putting up 38 points. It's not like they're winning games 10-7 running the ball they are blowing people out running the ball and their defense is clicking right now I mean the amount of talent they have on their roster is is just absurd people at the beginning of the year thought they could go undefeated they thought they were the clear favorites of the Super Bowl and now they're kind of hitting their stride lately they're an 11 win team I mean they've won their last five games there's there's a lot to like about this Ravens team so I have them at number four slot number three Now the top three for me is uh, actually pretty clear. I think we're probably going to have the same top three, but I have the Bills at number three. And the only reason why is because I'm moving away from the regular season, kind of thinking about what these teams are going to be like in the playoffs. And the two teams above the Bills have way more experience in the playoffs. And um, Josh Allen's only game was blowing a 16 point lead last year against the Texans. So I think that for the Bills, they, they have a great chance to win the whole thing, but I can't put them above uh, the top two teams for me it's just because they don't have enough experience. But the way Josh Allen's playing, MVP-like numbers, and he just looks in control right now. So I've got
1: the Bills at number three. Okay, for me, this is kind of a surprise. Uh, I was debating with myself a long time for this. Um, it is the Green Bay Packers. Wow. I have been number one for a long time. I, I did, and I really like their offense. You know, I've been a big Devontae Adams fan this whole year. I think that that's a special connection between Rodgers and Adams. But I'm worried about the defense. I think when they play against these teams, like maybe they go against the Bucs again, who they've already lost to this year, or the Saints, or even the Seahawks teams that can efficiently move the ball, their run defense really scares me. So I had to drop them down compared to my other two teams. At number two, I have the Chiefs. Um, that is also a shocker. But the Chiefs, I, I saw some concerns against Atlanta. Their run game has not been strong, which kind of concerns me in games when maybe there's snow. And in their Arrowhead Stadium, we've seen many snow games before. And if they can't get a rushing attack going, Gabe, and there's a true, whatever you want to call it, windstorm, snowstorm, then that kind of ruins the Chiefs' game plan. They're a pass-first team. That That is
0: true. I think then maybe your number one slot also has that problem. We'll see. But my number two slot is also the Chiefs. And it's funny because we've kind of switched spots here. I know have the Packers as my number one team. I've never had them at number one the entire year. I've always had the Chiefs there. I think... I've had the Chiefs there all 17 weeks until now. The Chiefs has nothing to do with their week 17 performance, but I was really curious to see how Green Bay handled the Bears, who were playing for a playoff spot, even though they made it anyway. Uh, the The Green Bay Packers were playing against a very hungry team that needed to make it, uh, that needed to win to get in. Assuming the Cardinals had won, but they didn't, and they absolutely beat them down. Aaron Rodgers, another MVP performance, four touchdowns, no interceptions. He had four touchdowns and only five incompletions. So he's obviously playing very well. Uh, he seems to have a better connection with the other wide receivers besides just Devontae Adams. Marquez valdes scantling had a huge touchdown, 72 yards. Um, Robert Tunyon looks like a great tight end for the Packers. I just think that right now they're the best team in the NFL. And the Chiefs, they're my number two team just because of how they ended the season off. Even that last game against the Falcons was... The the last game that they had all their starters playing against the Falcons was not convincing at all. They have not won a game by more than one possession since they played the Jets, uh, which was way back uh, earlier in the season. So I I just don't think right now the Chiefs are playing convincing enough football for me to have them as my number one team. They could easily flip the switch, though, and just turn it on in the playoffs, Uh, but we'll see. And I have the Packers number one. I think they're playing the best in the NFL, and Aaron Rodgers. Looks like he's on a mission for the MVP and possibly, possibly more.
1: Yeah, as you said, with Patrick Mahomes playing in the past seven games, they've been close games, all one-score games. Um, my number one team, though, is the Buffalo Bills, as you guess. Um, I just think Josh Allen has been playing MVP caliber, and they have the after the offseason or after the season now going to the playoffs. They signed Kenny Stills, so that's just another weapon for Josh Allen. He's going to have Diggs, who is the leading receiver in, in yards and receptions, John Brown, Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, Kenny Stills, Zach Moss, Devin Singletary. So I think they have all the pieces. My only concern for the Bills, as you said, is their rush game is a little sloppy, but I think that's the problem with the top two teams in my power rankings and Josh Allen's inexperience but I think if they can get over the Colts, which I think will be their hardest matchup, then they have a true shot at making the Super Bowl.
0: I'm going to say that I think that we've, this is our third year doing the show. I think our best prediction ever was Stefan Diggs. We were like, he's going to be great in Buffalo. And he has been leading the league in receiving yards. So, um, (laughs) so I think that, that Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen definitely are going to be good for a long time if they um, can keep those guys together. But I, I, it's just so hard, with those top three teams, I could easily see any one of them being number one between the bills, chiefs and Packers,
1: but, um, that we're going to move along into Uh, a uh, harder subject, which is MVP. Yeah. We're going to go through our player awards.
0: This is going to be, um, our, our last quick segment before we do our playoff predictions, just to give you another look at the end of the year. It's kind of crazy to think that that Texans chiefs game was 17 weeks ago, but we, have our official, we haven't even done this this year, but our official awards predictions, not even predictions. This is just who we think should get the wins, um, who will win and who we think should win, even if they don't, for um, each category, the ones that are fun, at least mm-hmm. MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Coach of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, just for fun, and then Offensive Rookie of the Year as well, because there's a little bit of a yeah. debate with that. Um, so starting off,
1: Scott. Who is your MVP of the 2020 NFL season? I'm going to go with many people thought would be Love's backup. That is Aaron Rodgers Um, coming into the year. No one really knew if he was even going to be the starter Um, through 16 games. They went 13-3, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions. I mean, he was completely dominant this year. And I think this may have been Aaron Rodgers' best year we've ever seen. So I would give him the MVP because I think if there was any other quarterback on that team, they would have not had anywhere, any the same record.
0: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Even if they had someone like Mahomes or Russell Wilson, or even Josh Allen, who um, Josh Allen's my runner up in the MVP. He had a great year. Mahomes not playing week 17 definitely hurt him. But for me, Aaron Rodgers is the runaway uh, favorite after that uh, week 17 performance and Pat Mahomes not having um, any performance at all because he was sitting resting I'm sure he's happy with that though but um, like you said Aaron Rodgers had an incredible year 4,300 yards pretty much 48 touchdowns only five interceptions Josh Allen 4,500 yards 37 touchdowns with 10 interceptions he was still great and he also had um, eight rushing touchdowns on the year which was very impressive but just the best team in the NFL the best player on that team and he had 48 touchdowns to go along with it so not much argument in my opinion on who's the mvp this year but moving on to the offensive player of the year and this is kind of a weird award we were talking about it before we um before we started recording it's it's not really the mvp but it's kind of the same thing who is the best award for who's
1: the best player that's not a quarterback
0: right exactly but sometimes i think it can go to it's very interesting but i'm gonna give it to derrick henry because derrick henry i mean it seems pretty obvious maybe you could I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold off on uh, runner-ups because you, used to get, you still have to give yours out. But Derrick Henry, over 2,000 rushing yards in this past heavy league, is so impressive with, um, with how the Tennessee Titans play offense. He is just a perfect fit for them. 2,027 yards, 17 touchdowns. I mean, he's, he's averaging 120 a game and over a touchdown a game. He's just a monster watching him run. Every single time he's gonna break the first tackle, push forward. He's just so good, and he also had almost 400 attempts. So he's uh, he's a workhorse. He's gonna get the ball a lot in the playoffs, like he did last year. It's gonna be so much fun to watch uh, him play. Uh, it. I'm just really excited to watch. I love watching Derrick Henry. If you like watching football, you have to like watching Derrick Henry. He's he's kind of a mean player. It's kind of weird. Why? You know, people love just seeing one guy just absolutely destroy other people. But (laughs) it's a lot of fun to watch Derrick Henry play. So he's my offensive player of the year because of his Uh, stats and how valuable he was.
1: Yeah, I would say Derrick Henry was mine also just because of, I mean, he was the eighth player ever to pass 2,000 rushing yards. Um, But the other three players I had, they were all receivers, Diggs, Kelsey, and Adams. I think Kelsey, I mean, he's he's a tight end. And he finished second in receiving. He beat out DeAndre Hopkins. He beat out Devontae Adams. All these players at the beginning of the year, Tyreek Hill, even his own teammate, that we all thought could break records. And here is old reliable, once again, having 1,400 yards. So I am going to go Derrick Henry, but I did have Travis Kelsey as a runner up. The next award game, let's go with coach of the year. I think we may have the same one. I have Sean McDermott with what he's been able to develop Josh Allen into is truly astonishing. And if you told me at the beginning of the year that the Bills would be the two C in the AFC, I would say, what is wrong with you? So, Sean McDermott. I I did have Sean McDermott as
0: well, but I'm going to give a different answer just because um, there's a lot of great coaches that could win the award. Brian Flores is one of them, but I'm going to give it to Kevin Stefanski, the coach of the Cleveland Browns. Breaking news, actually, he's going to be out as the coach because he tested positive along with other people on the coaching staff of the Cleveland Browns for their first playoff game. But what he did this season, especially after that week one loss against the Ravens, 38-6, to everyone thought, okay, here come the Browns again. They were a disappointment last year. But then he, um, he looked like he was in control for the – of the Browns. And it's the first time that we've seen a coach like that in a long time. And it's just impressive enough, not only the 11 and five record with a young team like the Browns, but also the way um, he kind of implemented his philosophy, running the football a lot. He was with the Minnesota Vikings and Dalvin cook. And then also just the pressure of being the coach of the Browns and what they're known as, which is just a losing franchise to come in and, and make the playoffs in your first year. That is very impressive. So I know the award really isn't given for like how much pressure is on the coach, but I think that he definitely deserves some, some credit for that. All right. So moving on the next award defensive player of the year, Scott, I'm curious to see who you have first, because it seems like there's, there's a bunch of different players that, that, that you could have, but I'm, I'm really interested. Who do you have as your defensive player of the year?
1: Yeah, I think you and I could both agree that there's really four names that stand out. Obviously, Aaron Donald is always the first one that comes to mind. TJ Watt, Xavier and Howard are my three. And I think in this season, I think I'm going to have to go with TJ Watt. He's had three straight seasons of over 13 sacks. He led the league this year in sacks with 15. Um, he forced two fumbles had an interception. I just think that his presence this year was really what fueled this um, Steelers team because at the beginning, the first 11 weeks, the Steelers were the team to beat because of how dominant their defense was. So I'm I'm going to go with TJ Watt. I had TJ Watt as
0: well. Uh, you're right, 15 sacks. He led the league by a sack and a half uh, against the rest of the field. But Aaron Donald, like you said, is always going to be a safe bet for defensive player of the year just because not only does he get 13 and a half sacks um, not only First, does he get four fumbles too four forced fumbles uh 45 tackles as a defensive tackle is very impressive but he's in the middle d- double teams every play triple teams sometimes and he still gets the second most sacks in the league he might be like the greatest football player of all time and no one even knows it so he is such a good player and without him i think the Rams would not be in the playoffs,
1: he's arguably an MVP candidate for what he does week in and week out. Agreed. I agree. I just think that he is, that TJ Watt has an easier time because Bud Dupree's there and Cameron Hayward's there. So he only gets those one-on-one matchups going back to your point of, I agree with TJ Watt's MVP, but I do think Aaron Donald is better than right. TJ Watt. Exactly. Okay. So moving on
0: um, two more let's do comeback player of the year first. I think we both have anyone in their right mind is going to pick Alex Smith for this award. People who I, I just learned this, this past week, he, his life was on the line a couple of years ago because of the infections in his leg. After the injury on Thanksgiving day, just two years ago, he had to almost get his leg amputated. And now he's back in the league in the playoffs. And, and now he just won a game on Sunday night football to put his team in the playoffs It is one of the craziest stories in NFL history it's so um it's so impressive that he's able to do that and also his coach on the same team ron rivera was fighting cancer earlier this year they just have a, think
1: he a great team to him. root for i think he could be coach of the year too um ron rivera i think also i do have alex smith my sleeper was frank gore <laughs> just just for the fun of this show we've been frank gore fans this year um but yeah, Alex Smith, and keep in mind, at the beginning of the year, he was the third string quarterback. It was Dwayne Haskins and Allen, then Smith, and now the other two have gone fired, and he's all that's left. Yeah. So I think we both have Alex Smith, and the last award is Offensive Rookie of the Year. This is really between three players, James Robinson, Justin Jefferson, and Justin Herbert. Um, yeah, but- Who do you have? I have Herbert,
0: and I think that Justin Jefferson was on my fantasy team. I have a soft spot in my heart for him, but uh, I'm one of those people that I like. I'm like, why do people have quarterback bias? And then I'm like, oh, wait, that's why, because they are the most important position on the field. He came in as a rookie, and he broke the touchdown pass record. He looked good from day one. I mean, just watching him play, he's like 6'5". doesn't look like he's ever um, rushed. They finished seven and nine winning their last four games. So they actually had a decent season in the end. And once they get Derwin James back and everyone else and Austin Eckler not injured for half the year, I think that this team could be very dangerous. They're going to be one of my dark horse teams. A lot of people had like the Broncos and the Cardinals as the dark ho- horse teams for this year. I think for next year, it's going to be the Los Angeles, Los Angeles Chargers. that could be an easy five seed and possibly make a run of the Super Bowl with Herbert in his second year. We've seen Mahomes in his second year win an MVP, Lamar in his second year win MVP. I think that that Herbert actually has a great chance to be the most valuable player next year.
1: Yeah, um, I also have Justin Herbert just because of the records he broke, the 30-plus touchdowns, even coming in as the backup to Tyrod Taylor. Um, And then my sleeper was actually Jonathan Taylor. When you look at him, he was third in rushing yards, eighth in attempts seventh in touchdowns, tenth in average uh, yards per carry. And if I think if there wasn't the kind of mix-up that they had at the beginning of the year where they had a three-back formation, I think he would have ran away with this with how he was playing at the end of the season. But Gabe, the time has finally come. We are done with our MVPs and power rankings. Let's get back to the the meat of it uh starting off Gabe with the first game maybe one of the most interesting ones of the playoffs Bills Colts
0: okay so in this one
1: um
0: you're right this could be a very good game but I think the Bills are going to control it as the two seed just their um their passing offense is so good watching um Josh Allen he lines up alone in the backfield five guys spread out wide Stephon Diggs um such a great route runner I think that Their offense is going to be too much. They just put up 50 points on a team um, in the Miami Dolphins that needed to win, and they have been one of the best defenses in the league. So the Bills' offense is too much for the Colts to handle, in my opinion, in in this game.
1: Yeah, um, this one was actually, even though I have the Bills as my number one team, I have the Colts at five. So this was a harder decision for me than I was expecting. I think the Colts kind of perfectly match up with the Bills. They have a good run game, which is the Bills' weakness, and they have a good pass defenses, which is the Bills' strength. But with all that being said, I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills. I just think that Josh Allen's dynamic, he's so dynamic, he can run, he can throw the ball 60 yards, or he can throw the five-yard checkdown if he needs to. Um, I have the Bills in this game.
0: Yeah, the Colts are second in, in turnover differential there. Um, they're but the Bills are second in points per game, and I just, or sorry, second in total yards, third in passing. It would, it would
1: not game. surprise me though if the Colts come out victorious. I would not be surprised at all. I would be a little, I would be a little surprised if, if the Colts. If Philip Rivers can go back five years to his old Chargers, Philip Rivers, I would have had them winning. But obviously, he's aged since then. The next game up. Rams at Seattle. This is an interesting one Gabe. As Seattle fans, we're all hoping the Seahawks win. But the Rams may be without their star quarter- quarterback and Jared Goff, who was out this past week with a thumb injury. They aren't sure if he's going to be able to even throw the ball this week. So who does that go to? Wofford, the LinkedIn <laughs> accountant, now 1-0 active quarterback. I know I have the Seahawks in this one just because of that. Who Are are you taking the upset here?
0: I'm going to have the Seahawks as well. I just think that right now we, we saw this exact game two weeks ago and we saw it turned out with the Seahawks defense playing so well. There's, in my opinion, even with Jared Goff playing, I just don't think that the, the Rams are dynamic enough on offense. Jamal Adams, if he's healthy, he's going to be a, a difference maker there. Just watching him in the playoffs, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I think that Right now, the Seahawks' offense is struggling a little bit, but Russell Wilson in the playoffs, we know what he can do. So I think that the, uh, the Seahawks actually – I think they're going to win this one handily, even though I'm a little bit scared that they might come out, come out a little bit sluggish like, like they always do. I think, I think, they, I think they're going to control this game like they did. I disagree two ago. with that. I, I,
1: think, just, I, I think I just have to. A two weeks ago. They, they barely beat the Niners, who didn't have their starting quarterback, starting running back, starting corner – they were injury-deprived, not even the starting defensive lineman. Um, I think this game's really going to come down to which defense plays better, and I think that the Seahawks will maybe get a few breakthroughs, and if Wofford plays, he's going to have a few mess-ups, and that will be the difference, really. I mean, we saw this past week Arizona versus the Rams, winners in. It came down to the Rams' defense getting a pick-six, and then they were able to carry that momentum from there. Um, Another team that has a lot of momentum, Gabe, though, the Washington football team. They are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I don't know if a lot of momentum is the right word. They just beat a
0: third-string quarterback.
1: They're in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs. Um, I did not expect them to make the playoffs. That's about all I can say. Um, And they're playing the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't think we really have to go over this much. I'm taking businesses booming, Tom Brady, A.B. in the Bucks.
0: I, I mean, I think this game is going to be closer than people think. The Washington football team is sixth in sacks this year. They have 47 sacks. Only problem is that's their biggest strength, and the Buccaneers are fifth in sacks. So it, right now, I think it's just a mismatch. The Buccaneers really, uh, if they wanted to, in my opinion, pro- let, let me just take a step back. If If there was four preseason games, there was a full training camp, I think the Buccaneers would have not started off losing by that much to the Saints in Week 1, losing to the Saints again. I think they would have been able to have more time to correct some of their flaws. Which we've
1: seen in these past few weeks.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and now that their team's kind of fully meshed together, um, I think that that they'll finally have a chance to um, really show how dangerous this team is and how they can definitely be a Super Bowl contender. So I've got the Buccaneers beating the Washington football team, and moving on. It's a great story, though, and honestly, this division, the NFC East, with all the bad picks or with all the good picks that are coming from bad seasons, they could actually be uh, a pretty interesting division to watch for years to come with Dak Prescott coming back, hopefully. So um, it'll be interesting to watch. Okay, next game up, Scott, is... um, Ravens at Tennessee. The Ravens at Titans, right
1: the first sunday game which is at 105 on espn
0: so for me in this one i've got the baltimore ravens everyone knows how i feel about the baltimore ravens right now they're the number one rushing attack in the nfl and i honestly think it's not cliche to say they want redemption we we saw it in the college football playoff with ohio state this game the nfl while it's obviously like analytics matter and it's a lot about talent. First of all, if it's about talent, the Ravens have more talent than the Tennessee Titans, in my opinion. But I really think that the um the Baltimore Ravens are gonna come out hungry. They're gonna have a good week of practice. And and in reality, I think that Lamar Jackson is is ready to take that next step in his career. So I I, I think the Baltimore Ravens are gonna come out on top against
1: the Titans. 2812. That's the last score that would happen last year in the last playoff game that these two teams met. I'm going to go with the Titans once again. Um, Derrick Henry, we've talked about him a lot. Everyone loves watching him. And I just think if the Titans are able to get up to a 14-21-point lead advantage, there's no chance the Ravens come back. They don't have a strong enough pass game. I think game that to- goes either way, though. I think whoever comes out to a lead so, in the- I I mean, Ryan Tannehill had 33 touchdowns this year. He was one of the league leaders. He was efficient in passing. They have Corey Davis, Jonu Smith, um, AJ Brown. AJ Brown, that's the name I was looking for. Thank you. He, he was good. He had 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions. So yeah, I think that- Tannehill is actually like an
0: elite, borderline elite quarterback right now. Uh, but this defense of the Titans has been it's awful. Bad, really, really bad lately. They... Just gave up what 38 points to the
1: they're, they're the lowest in sacks, and it's not even close. At this they point. have
0: no pass rush. Jade Van Clowney, I'm glad the Seahawks didn't re sign him. I just don't think right now that the, um, the Tennessee Titans can, can stop this Baltimore offense at all. They might have a worse defense than the, than the Bengals. The Bengals just uh, uh,
1: I agree that their defense is points. bad. I'd fully expect this game to finish somewhere in the 40 to 30 range. That would not surprise me at all if this is high 40. The
0: Ravens' defense, in my opinion, is very talented, and they're playing very well. I mean, if we just look at these last couple of weeks, they, the last two games for the Titans, they gave up 38 to the Texans, 40 to the Packers. And meanwhile, we look at the Ravens. The Ravens, I know I know they just played the played the Bengals, but they still, in their past couple of games, have been very good, only giving up well, three to the Bengals. They've, they've the been good
1: in their past couple of games because they played the Cowboys, the Jaguars, and the Giants. It's not like they're playing. They weren't playing good teams to end the year. They actually played the Bengals, the Jaguars, and the Giants. So uh, yeah, but okay, Listen. you get my point. I mean, they early in the year they they've already the Titans and Ravens have already played each other once this year, and the Titans won that game, um, thirty to twenty four in overtime, when Derek Derek Henry that, that was game. that was Lamar
0: Jackson. That was the the very depths of Lamar Jackson. He was not playing well at that point. And John Harbaugh obviously flipped the switch. Still a win. After after Lamar Jackson got COVID, they kind of flipped the switch and said, All right, let's just go run heavy all the way. And I think, and I've seen that. It's been very. No,
1: I agree. Been, They've definitely gotten better. And clear. I just also think as they get better, as it gets colder, Derrick Henry gets better, which we both know is true. So, uh, as we've. Now said a bunch of times, I have the Titans, Gabe has the Ravens. But let's move into the next game. Another interesting one. The Chicago Bears at the New Orleans Saints. Um, yeah, I think I might have to start us off on this. I have the Bears. <sighs> that just like I can't even listen to you say but that. Well let me let me explain why. I think that the Bears have the good D de- I think we both can agree that the Bears have a good defense, and if Alvin... Here's my mix-up. I think the Saints win if they get Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas back. If they look like they did against the Panthers where their number one receiver is Emmanuel Sanders and their number one running back is Ty Montgomery, with Drew Brees at the helm, that's not enough firepower. Even with how bad the Bears are, but if Kamara and Thomas are back, I'm picking the Saints. We just don't know when they're going to be activated so I'm up in the air but at the current moment I do have the Bears so
0: the Saints are fifth in points per game they're averaging 30 points per game the Bears lost six straight games in the middle of the year that's not a playoff team by any means and I and I'm surprised that um, they did make the playoffs the Cardinals I feel like are a better team Um, but I mean I
1: think that this team revolves around David Montgomery though who's been,
0: revolves if anything revolves around David Montgomery, I'm not picking it to beat the Saints.
1: How? Maybe. I mean, in the previous, he's been good. I mean, they've beat the Vikings, they've beat the Texans. But
0: we've never seen in the playoffs what what Mitch Trubisky. No, yes,
1: I, I I agree yeah. with you. I mean, I have the Saints win. Kamara and Thomas return. I'm just if they don't get activated, I think this could be an upset that not many people see.
0: Yeah. I I can understand, I guess, if Camara doesn't play. We'll see. Or I I think either way, I'm going to pick the Saints every time in this first round. But moving on, the final game of the, what are they calling it? The super wild card weekend.
1: I do have one extra thing. Last time the Saints and Bears played, both at full health, it went into overtime. It was 26-23. How long ago was that? This was November 1st. So... Yeah, I mean, but Drew Brees was playing quarterback. He had two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara had 12 carries for 67 yards. Uh, uh, Michael Thomas was out, but he's been nothing this whole year. So it could be an interesting game.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, I, I think the Saints, people can agree, the Saints are a better football team. Nick Foles was playing in that game too. Correct. I mean, it, it, it'll it's a very different game the middle of the year. Right now, the Saints... Alvin Kamara just broke the record for most touchdowns in the game. And then the next week, without the recent record, record breaker for most touchdowns in the game, they still ended up dominating the Panthers. It was the, I think
1: the, I had... the Panthers. They're... Yeah, the Panthers are a fine team. They're not – They're not. They're, they, I would say if, if, if I had the Panthers – If team. I had the Panthers
0: embarrassed playing in a game, I, I wouldn't know who to pick to win, in my opinion. Okay, so moving into the final game of Wild Card Weekend, it is – The Browns versus the Steelers. This is a a very intriguing game, in my opinion. Now, Kevin's, we learned Kevin Stefanski is going to be out as the head coach. Um, What will that do for Baker Mayfield's confidence without his, um, not security blanket, but without, you know, his trusted coach that finally took him to the playoffs in his third year? We'll have to see. But in my opinion, I actually have the Browns here in upset. A lot of people, because Ben Roethlisberger got a week of rest, think that, um, he'll be rested and, and ready to return uh, and TJ Watt is playing out of his mind at the moment. But at the same time, I think that this this Browns team with their rushing attack have a great chance to um, to beat the, the Saints twice or to beat the Steelers twice in two weeks. And I think that if Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt can each get a steady dose of carries, they they'll be rested enough Nick Chubb had 108 yards and only 14 carries last game Kareem Hunt had 10 carries so that that isn't a problem for them right now like most run heavy playoff teams maybe they get tired late no they have two great running backs and Baker Mayfield has been playing very well lately and although I'm not a Browns fan because I feel like they almost cheated the system by being so bad for 20 years that you just automatically are good because you can whiff on 15 first round picks and you'll still be good so um, I'm not proud of it because I don't love the Browns, but I'm still going to have them winning this game. This is my upset of wildcard weekend.
1: Uh, I actually also have the Browns. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah. Um, I just think, as you said, this rushing attack with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, if they don't go too far, I, that was the problem when they lost to the Jets, was that Nick in the game they lost to the Jets, Nick Chubb had 11 carries, Kareem Hunt had four. They had 15 total carries, and then Baker Mayfield had three, but that doesn't really count. Um, meanwhile, this past game, they got back to their roots. Um, Nick Chubb had 14. Kareem Hunt had 10, so they've already increased it by 13. And I expect that to be even more this week. It's going to be a very run-heavy game, I think, for Cleveland. And their way to win is time of possession. And also let's not forget that the Steelers have lost
0: four out of their last five games. They barely beat a Colts team. They had to come back from way down. They, when they lost to the Washington football team, the bills and the Bengals, they never put up over 17 points. And everyone was saying, look at this Pittsburgh team, their flaws are showing. Um, they, they can't rely so much on Ben Roethlisberger to have 50 plus pass attempts. He just had a week off. He's like 70 years old. It's not like it's going to be, uh, it's going to be some like crazy he's going to turn into 25 year old big ben again he's still uh an old quarterback who is had just played 16 games of football it's going to be tough in uh anyway for him to come into a playoff game against miles garrett against that uh browns pass rush and i don't really like the steelers offense at all and i think their defense has lost their confidence so i like the browns okay Moving along now, Scott, this is where it gets a little complicated because we're now in the divisional round and we'll move through a little faster because next week we'll kind of resurface um, once we actually know who the divisional matchups are. But this is our first playoff uh, predictions that we're going to keep throughout and we'll, we'll keep track of uh, of, how, of how we each did. So, Scott, in the divisional matchup, we'll just start from top to bottom starting in the AFC. So for my first AFC game, I have the Bills, Playing the Ravens, and I'm actually gonna have the Ravens winning this one because, um, like I said, the Ravens' rush offense has been super uh, consistent lately and very impressive. And I think the Bills' rush defense—I don't know if they're gonna be able to handle Lamar Jackson. They uh, are kind of a middle of the pack rush defense team. They're around kind of the the middle um, mark in that in all rushing statistics.
1: I think you do. They're kind of like the Seahawks. They started off slow but picked it up. Well,
0: to... I think the playoffs is a new. Um, you have to look back at the entire season, in my opinion. And I think the Ravens – Well, if you look at the Ravens, then of late they've been very, very good. If we're just going to look at recent, um, recent, uh, recent games. But on the other hand, I think this Ravens defense is super underrated. Their secondary has got a lot of talent on it, and um, Patrick Queen is a very good linebacker for them. Watch him. Uh, he could step up big time for them. And then also their pass rush. Um, They've got a lot of veteran pass rushers that can can really make a difference. And I think they're going to make Josh Allen a little uncomfortable, force him to pass. And really it's going to come down to whether the Ravens secondary can step up. And I think Marcus Peters and company can do that so I have the Ravens winning. And then I'll just do my other AFC matchup for the divisional round, and then you can do yours. I've got the Browns Chiefs. And then this one I think is a little bit easier for me Patrick Mahomes against Baker Mayfield. I'm going to pick the Chiefs every time. They've been there before. They know what they're doing in Arrowhead. Andy Reid, again, with um, with Baker Mayfield, uh, I think that he's going to re- really struggle passing the ball against an underrated Chiefs defense. So Ravens and Chiefs in the AFC Championship. Scott, who are your divisional winners
1: for the AFC? Um, for me, the first game would be Chiefs-Browns And obviously, like you, I also have the Chiefs. And then my next one is Bills-Titans, which has already happened this year, believe it or not. Um, I guess that's just how the playoffs have formed this year. Um, Earlier this year, the Titans ran the Bills 42-16. It wasn't close.
0: That was on that that Tuesday night game.
1: It was a weird Tuesday game where the – Buffalo's leading running back was TJ Yeldon. Um, Josh Allen had two picks. He wasn't at that stage yet in this year where he was on fire. Um, I think it's different this time. I think the Bills have home field advantage. I think they win this game. And I think it's going to be closer than expected because of their rush defense that hasn't been the best. It's a middle of the pack team. But with Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, they carried me to a fancy championship. I think that they can carry this game on their backs themselves. Um, going to the NFC, the first game I have there is the Packers versus the Bucks. And I'm, I'm assuming the Saints win, which I think they will if they get Kamara back. Um, Packers, Bucks. And I actually have the Bucks in that. I think that's one of those games where if it's a snow game in Lambeau Field and you have Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette ready to go with that offensive line and that defensive line for the bucks. They've already played this year and once again the bucks won that game pretty convincingly. I I think that that's kind of my upset of the year is that the Bucs and Tom Brady he's going to find his way back to the Super Bowl somehow earlier this year. They won 38-10. And then my other game is the Seahawks versus the Saints and I have the Saints in that game. I just this, I, I don't have enough trust in the Seahawks this year. Their offense and defense have all been inconsistent.
0: All right, so in the NFC, I also have Bucks Packers, and you're right, it's a very close matchup, but I still have the Packers winning. They're my number one team in the NFL. They um they did lose to the to the Buccaneers earlier, but this was when uh, it was still the talk of oh, does Aaron Rodgers have every anyone to throw to besides Devontae Adams? Robert Tunyon before he kind of developed as as a trusty tight end for Aaron Rodgers and um, and I think they'll use Aaron Aaron Jones more early in this game. Plus a week of rest is really going to help the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And going to Lambeau Field, I don't know how much I can trust Ronald Jones and uh, Leonard Fournette. If I don't even know if we can include Leonard Fournette anymore, but I've got the Packers winning. And then I also have the Saints Seahawks. I'm gonna have the Seahawks winning this game because. Uh, because of Drew Brees and I think the limitations he provides remember the Seahawks they their their defensive uh, secondary is really what their big weakness is and I don't think that what do
1: you mean they have two pro bowlers in that secondary
0: I know they do and they've improved but I think if there is one secondary or if there is one weakness it's not the pass rush because they've really improved it's definitely not the linebacking core because Bobby Wagner and KJ right are probably the best in the league and then also Jordan Brooks has it looks like a pretty good first round pick for the Seahawks we haven't really discussed that enough. He's been, he's been pretty good starting for us. Um, and then also, so I think if there is, it, it's one way for them to exploit uh, the Seahawks it's DJ Reed and Shaquille Griffin. And I think,
1: I don't think that's I think enough. Kamara. I but, think that Kamara out of the backfield may maybe the most dangerous thing in the NFL. You put
0: Bobby Wagner on a spy. Or if you put Jordan Brooks, who's very quick, uh, just on Kamara. We
1: both know they can't keep up with Alvin Kamara. He's a a once-in-a-generational talent at that running back spot. I understand that, but
0: the way the Seahawks play, they play a zone, so it'll be hard for Kamara to kind of get loose. I think the Seahawks win that game. Um, and then uh, So now we have our AFC and NFC Championship set. So for me, we'll start, once again, going back up to the AFC. I have Ravens Chiefs. And um, I hate to do it, but I don't want to be wrong. So I'm going to have the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl from the AFC. I think that there's two ways to look at the Chiefs' struggles of late. It's either they're just kind of not trying, and then they'll easily flip the switch in the playoffs. Uh, And I think that's actually the right way to look at it. It's kind of like the Warriors a few years ago with Kevin Durant, Steph Curry. They just – I remember Colin Cowherd, who's someone that we both listen to, one of the best sports talk uh, people in, in in the world, he's said, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry on, on the Warriors, they looked like they weren't even trying. They didn't even finish with the number one seed, and then they ended up sweeping the finals. And I think that's going to be what the Chiefs are like this year. So I have the Chiefs, and then in the NFC Championship, I've got the Packers beating the Seahawks. Uh, I think in this case, Aaron Rodgers can definitely exploit the Seahawks secondary. I would not want to watch that game if I was a Seahawks fan. So I've got a Chiefs-Packers Super Bowl, and um, that would be, trust me, that would be a treat to watch the two uh, best quarterbacks, in my opinion, in the NFL right now going head-to-head. Scott, what is your Super Bowl matchup?
1: Yeah, starting off with the AFCI Chiefs-Bills, and this is a hard one because I almost think the Bills could lose to the Colts in the first round. So I think I have to go with the Chiefs. I think you kind of pointed out just they have so many weapons – they have, if Le'Veon Bell can find a way to get it going, which is something that hasn't happened yet this year, um, obviously Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, McCole Hardman, you can go on and on. Um, and then they have a good defense. They kind of are sneaky in that area. I think they're one of those teams that you focus so much on their offense that you don't pay attention that their defense is one of the best in the league with Tyron Matthew, Chris Jones, and Frank Clark. Um and so I had the Chiefs winning that game, and then my divisional match, or I guess my matchup for the NFC would be Bucks Saints, which once again has happened already this year yeah. twice. It's it's Saints won both times handily. Agreed. This is hard for me. It's just Tom Brady in the playoffs is a different level of. I don't even know what you would call it. Just.
0: He's, he's like a genius uh, before, before the snap in the playoffs. It, I,
1: that's a really and, tough and game. I think the, the one thing I do want to add is I think AB is actually a really helpful addition in the slot. It allows Chris Godwin and Mike Evans to both just sprint their lives out going deep down the field. And it's worked these past few weeks. He's had two touch, eight touchdowns in the past two games. Um, I think the Bucks are going to find a way wow. to go to the Super Bowl. Which I really hate saying because I don't want Tom Brady in there again. I, I would. I would like to see Tom Brady. He gets, it's like LeBron winning with the
0: Lakers. I think that. No, I, have I to respect greatness. He's,
1: he's, he's the best player that we've ever seen, I think you could say.
0: Let's just respect the fact that,
1: that, we, the t- that the end is coming soon.
0: Yeah, we get, we're going to miss him when he's gone, I think. Because right now, it's the dynasty's over. They're no longer boring. We got to re- enjoy Tom Brady. In his last years, when he's actually the most exciting to watch. Yeah, so, so I'm
1: going to go. I just think that there's so many weapons on the Bucs that they're basically the um, Chiefs of the NFC. Okay, so speaking of that, your Super Bowl
0: matchup is the Kansas City Chiefs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their home stadium, which would be, even though there's no, it sucks. There might be like only 10,000 fans, but they would mostly be Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans, that's for sure. So who do you have?
1: winning super bowl 55. Scott, we're seeing a dynasty form. Um, it's the Chiefs. I just I mean, with Patrick Mahomes playing, they were 14 and 1 on the year. He didn't even have to play week 17 because he had already locked up the rare number 1 seed. I it's he would have been the MVP if he played week 17 or even just threw maybe two more touchdowns in another week. So, I have to go with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs there's just too much going on there yeah
0: they are a very talented team so I have the Chiefs Packers and I'm actually gonna have the Packers winning the Super Bowl because right now it kind of reminds me of like I don't even want to say Peyton Manning because it wasn't like he went to a different team and got carried but Aaron Rodgers has had a revival of of what he was back in what was it 2011 where he uh, a long time ago went to the Super Bowl and he just showed that he has the most talented arm in NFL history with what he can do throwing the ball. Devontae Adams has emerged into the best receiver in the NFL right now. Uh, and, he, and even though the chiefs are a great uh, team all around, I think that the, the pass rush of the Packers could actually be the story with Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith. They both um, could help provide a little bit of pressure for the Packers that would, I think, annoy Patrick Mahomes a little bit. And then Jair Alexander on the back line. He's an elite cornerback in the NFL. He's so
1: He's been in top five corners this year. He's been able to lock down every receiver. The Packers are a, a very well-built team. Paul, here's my question to you, though. You have Alexander on your team. He's your only good corner. Do you put him on Kelsey, who's oh. second in the league in receiving yards? You let him you
0: take him- out half the field. There's – it's obviously this isn't this is going to be a high scoring game and I and I think that it's just going to come down to Aaron Rodgers uh, having it, in my opinion the better wide receiver and the Super Bowl it's it, it's almost like a different level of football there's a little bit of nerves it, it comes down to who can really um, make that one big play in the game last year it was Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill in that 50-yard bomb and I think that Devontae Adams and um, Aaron Rodgers would make one big splash play that would end up winning in the Super Bowl I think it would be like 35 to 31 I think it'd be a very high scoring game that the Packers would end up winning so there we go wow that's it's crazy that we're, we're at the point now where we can it's going to be over in just a couple of weeks it's incredible the NFL made it this far but Scott has the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl I have the Packers we will keep track of these um, and look forward to Friday because on Friday afternoon from five to six we'll have a show just about the Seattle Seahawks and what we need to look forward to in their game against the Los Angeles Rams and possibly their path to the Super Bowl if they do win that week so look forward to that it's going to be an exciting weekend of the NFL so everyone stay tuned to the GPS show we'll see you on Friday and thank you so much for listening